y'all would bow your heads one more time as we have prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day. Lord, we just ask that uh, I step aside and let your Holy Spirit speak through me, Lord, and that we become doers of the word. And just honor and glorify you in all we do. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning it's going to be about my personal testimony of how seeds were getting sold to me. I started out going to Guest Creek Baptist Church down in Severeville, Tennessee. Went there with my grandmother, my parents, my brother. Kept going, going, going. And then one night we was learning about baptism. Preacher was up talking about it. Got home, asked my mom she had ever been baptized. She said she had. Then I had to ask if my dad had been baptized. She said no. So if you'll turn with me in Matthew three, thirteen through fifteen, and that's Matthew three, thirteen and fifteen. Scripture says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permitted to be so. Now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill our righteousness. Then it allowed him. So after that, uh, me and my brother was always playing sports. Football, basketball, baseball. Didn't matter what it was. We was always outside playing ball. It came so bad that my parents was always running us, so they was always tired. So we were Baptists once again. We couldn't even go to church on Sundays because that was going to be their rest day. Like I said, just basically let sports take over. And then by about the age of nine, I started attending Boyd's Creek Church God, which is in Boyd's Creek, Tennessee. It's in Sparable there. Started getting to know God again. Started going, learning about God, loving it. The fellowship there was so great. You know, we'd go after church, we'd go to somebody's house, we'd eat, talk about God. Started paying attention to this elder there. He really got me involved. Started showing me a lot of love, just like the rest of the church family. Then it was during the summer. We went to the Severo Community Center to play basketball, all of us. And after that, we went to, I call her my Aunt Nicole, but she's not my aunt. Went there, and all of us were circled around. And me and my brother, Jeremy, and my other two guys, might as well be my brothers, Ricky and Jarvis. We all decided that night that we would accept Christ to be our personal Lord and Savior. We pretty much did everything together. And in Matthew one twenty one, and that's Matthew one twenty one says, And she will forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So we went on there for it was just a few more weeks, and then we ended up going to Pigeon Forge First Baptist Church for vacation Bible school. Was there for a week long, learning about God, learning about everything that they could throw at us. Once again, we all decided to do this. Another thing, we all decided to get baptized. We all got baptized the same day. And I think there was probably about 20, 25 of us getting baptized that day. And that's in Acts 2. Verse 38. 
Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, once again, after being baptized, it was about to start in my high school career. I left sports and let other things take take over. I didn't want to listen. I had other things more important. It's like we was talking about this morning. I had plenty of time. I always wanted to become an NFL football player. Well, my favorite football player ever was Reggie White. I don't know if y'all ever know him. But he was about 6'5", about 365 pounds, and ran a 4.540. You know, there's guys much smaller than that can't even run that fast. But the main reason I watched him, paid attention to him, was his nickname was the Minister of Defense. With that, he was an ordained minister. And it was after he passed away that I seen a video a clip of another superstar that was in the NFL. His name was Michael Irvin. Said I caught a pass, got tackled. Of course, in the NFL, there's a lot of trash talking going on. And Reggie White literally went over, stepped over, grabbed his hand, and picked him up and said, God bless you, in the middle of the game with all the competition. And the only thing Michael Irvin could say was, how do you trash talk somebody that says God bless you? So that was that was one thing that Reggie White always always knew about Reggie White was the fact that he was there praying. His own teammates would say that I could say things that he wouldn't say to motivate the other players. And also while I was in high school, there was three other people that really was sowing seeds that I didn't really pay attention. And then Luke Eight eleven through fifteen. Luke eight eleven through fifteen. Scripture says, Now the parables is a seed, is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear them. The devil comes to takes away the word out of their hearts, unless they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the hear receive the word, will joy, and these have no root who believes for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who when they have heard go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. First gentleman I want to talk about that was sowing the seeds for me was the same age as me. He started when I was probably in fifth grade. His name's Anthony Kendall. When I wrote this, he was a youth pastor at Charlotte, North Carolina. But as we was growing up, he was always asking me, Michael, when you come to church with me, very easily talking to me, never pressure me, but just always asking me, Michael, when you come to church, and I told him when I got ready, he'd be the first one to know. Well, now, Anthony is a preacher at uh, Connection Church. He just planted it in Sevierville, Tennessee. It's a Baptist church. Uh, so Anthony was always there, willing to share the word. Another man I want to talk about, his name was Preacher Walker. He was our team chaplain in high school. <clears throat> 
So every Friday night for the games, he would always talk to us about God, give us some kind of scripture to go out. His favorite verse that he always talked to us about was Second Timothy four seven. And that's Second Timothy four seven. I have fought the good fight, I have finished a race, and I've kept the faith. A lot of times I get goosebumps and chills when I talk about this man. And this is the reason why. The verse he was talking about to us all the time, it was Friday night, and he had asked Coach Burr if he could give one more sermon. We went to his house. He was sitting in a rocking chair on his front porch. There was 50, 60 of us young men there. And he was dying of cancer. He only had a few days left. But his sermon was about about to get fight, finish the race, and keep the faith. With that, he died about three days later. So he was a very good example of how to finish that race. Now, we talked about it this morning in Sabbath school. And I was over here reading it right next to Selena. I was, I knew the verse very well. With that, with Coach Brewer, was the next man I want to talk about that was always sowing seeds. When Preacher Walker passed away, we had a sign and it's still up on our high school football stadium. It's the only one that I know in the state of Tennessee that has a scripture on it. And we took Johnny and Selena and Allison and Alex down there and showed it to them. And it says 2 Timothy 4-7. And it reads, Faith, Fought, Finish. That's been our motto at Sevier County High School since 1999. And every home game, they're still sitting there. And the home crowd has no idea what they're chanting. Most of them don't. But they're sitting there. Faith, fight, finish. And I went back and I got Coach Hills just listening to the home crowd talk about it. Coach Brewer always had these lovely sayings that I pray that I never forget. But after every practice and every game, no matter if we won, no matter if we practiced lousy, he'd gather us around, get us on the knee, and ask if anybody had any prayers they wanted. Then he would ask if anybody wanted to pray. As it was all gathered hands. But the first thing that he had is you got to give it up to go up. For me, that when I was younger, I mean, I had to give up the outside world. I had to go home and sleep. I had to lift weights. I had to run. I had to get ready for the game so we could win. As I got older, I laughed when I started talking to people. I was a juvenile correction officer. I was sitting there with 12 to 18-year-olds talking about you got to give it up to go up. When I realized that I had to give up the pleasurely things in this world to go to God, and I know that's the most important thing. The second thing Coach Burr would always have is, men, I'm here to teach you more than a game of football. I'm here to teach you the game of life. Once again, it was always prayer. God, didn't matter. He could take, he could take the game of football. I know we don't do football here, but this was tackle football and he would turn it in talking about God. 
And that was just a seed that was always planted there. As I left high school, I wanted to become a teacher. Come past ACT to play Division One football. Well, some of y'all may know this school since it's about an hour away, I guess. I ended up going to the University of Cumberland's. Played there for a year and a half. My sophomore year, once again, my scores weren't high enough, so I went into public health. And while I was there, my football coach, Coach King, invited a guest speaker there. And when he was speaking to that night, it was like he was speaking directly to me. He was talking about how a friend had led someone to Christ, and then that friend had went away. And the only thing I could think of was the elder that was at Boyd's Creek Church of God who had watched, and he had wandered back into the world. So at that time, once again, I thought, I can go back into the world. But as that night grew on, I stayed, talked to the guest speaker. And I'd ask him if he had a copy of the sermon. He said, I don't have a copy of it. He goes, I forgot them all at home, but I have one. He told me, he said, God told me somebody be asking for the copy of this sermon. So he gave me this copy, and I kept it for about 10 years. Couldn't tell you where it's at now, but I know it was there for a reason. Then after I left school, I went back in to the workforce. Let me go back to the talking about the gentleman that walked away. Matthew 18, 6 and 7. It says, Whoever causes one of those little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses. For offense must come. Woe to that man by whom the offenses come. So as I left school there, went back home, I just wanted to get back, start making money, doing my own thing. Did a bad thing. Got into the world. I basically was an alcoholic. I would drink every day. I just thought it was a fun thing to do to pass time. I'd be out in nightclubs all night, all night long. Get up, go home, get about two or three hours sleep, get up and do it the next day. So it wasn't the life to live. But as I was working, I was working at Van Heusen. It's a store, clothing store. There was another seer there. Her name was Shirley Howard. And you could watch her show her faith. Because when people would shop, she wouldn't tell them, come back, have a nice day. She'd tell them, God bless. Look forward to seeing you again. We'd always joke around with her about her saying God bless to everybody. But she would always take time as we would sit there and talk. But as we was there working one day, this gentleman had came through from our, I'm guessing was our flea market there on exit 407 in Sevierville. And till then, till now, or till recently, I hadn't realized what was going on. But he handed a book to us. And we do what everybody in retail does. We put it in the bathroom for reading material. But most of y'all may know what this book is, may have read it. God just said, here, here it is, it's a good read. Didn't realize, but it was a seed being planted for the Adventist. 
we took it. I eventually took it home and read it, some of it. I still haven't read it all to this day, but I plan on doing it. But in 2012, I was invited to the Smoky Mountain Church in Sevierville, Tennessee by a friend. And the first thing she said, we go to church on Saturdays. Me being from the Baptist background, I had to ask one serious question. Do you guys handle snakes? <laughs> of course she said no. So I ended up going the next week. I went to the first Sabbath, went in. They had smiling, hugging greeters, just showing that love that we all need. Kept coming. And I'm going to say Pastor Daniel, but it's not just Pastor Daniel. It's Pastor Daniel Romanoff in Sverville. I'd always see be sitting in the back seats back there, about half asleep. The reason I was half asleep was I would begin off work. I was working as a bartender in a nightclub, pouring drinks. But all this message just kept hitting me. Just kept hitting me. And while I, so I'd have to stay awake. It came to a point that I was laying in bed about six months later. And while I was there, I was dreaming. There was no one around me. And in this dream, I pointed to someone. Still this day, I can't tell you who I pointed to, but I said, I'm become a preacher. Skinner woke up. There was no one around me. Didn't really say anything to anybody. Wednesday night came around. I was sitting on my bed, and my mom came in. And she looked at me, and she said, Michael, you think God wants you to be a preacher? I said, I just smiled at her. She looked at me with a serious face like, what's wrong? I said, Mom, you have no idea what you just said. And so then I told her about my dream. She smiled even more. Then she came to sit closer. But as far as the dream, Scripture says in Acts 2.17, It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on the flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. That Sabbath I went back and I told Pastor Daniel about my dream. And we were standing in the doorway. He looks over and says, go talk to Mark Davison. He's our head elder. From there I did went into Bible studies. So those Bible studies are important to learn. While I was there doing Bible studies, got to the end. Mark asked me an important question. Would you like to be baptized? And in Mark sixteen sixteen, that's Mark sixteen sixteen, says, "He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned." Of course, I told Mark yes, so we set a date. It was the Sabbath after Thanksgiving. Then some more sad news happened. My aunt's mother passed away. So it was at the funeral home I was supposed to be a pallbearer for, so I couldn't be baptized. But while I was there, I was literally walking around like this. My chest was hurting so bad, I thought I was having a heart attack. Got rushed to UT Hospital. They did all the tests. They looked at me Sunday morning, said, I don't know what you're doing here, you're fine. Get out of here. So I went home. The next week... 
talk to Pastor Daniel, set the next week to be baptized. So as I walked in, Dan Bodette, who had just talked about Sabbath school, just taught it, was smiling. He says, you have no idea what we just talked about, do you? Nope. About baptism. So it led right in as God's timing was not for me to be baptized the week before. When I got baptized, and it was just a few weeks later, started the elders and everyone started asking me to do things at the church. Been a head of personal ministries, been a deacon. Now after five years, I'm an elder there. Too many jobs to talk about. Uh, but I have a hard time saying no to any of them. I just want to work for God is all I want to do and do the things I can. But I know as when Pastor Daniel was talking one day, I was sitting in the back praying for a job. And that's when, as a juvenile correction officer, I prayed for that job. That job, I got it. Then it was four years, sorry, five years later, I was praying for another job because the season was over. I was praying for being a special ed assistant at the school system. This was in April and June. July had went by. I said, well, looks like I'm going to be a juvenile correction officer again. Then all of a sudden, God must have said no because I got a phone call. Now I work as a school system as a special ed assistant. So I know prayer works. Been fighting God for about five years over or something. I know it's something Insulin has talked about. Now I'm planning on going to school to become a pastor. And now I'm tired of fighting God and I want Him to win because it's so much easier. So in closing, I want to talk about Matthew 24, 36. That's Matthew 24, 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. The reason I think that's so important is when I was listening to Brother Ivor Meyer he was talking about something that really hit home to me. I've got to ask, do we have any racers in here, marathon runners, or people that like to run? See, Megan likes to run. Used to? Okay. So it's sort of tying into our Sabbath school lesson today. Do we want to prepare before or the day of? Way before. So that's when I was listening to his message. That's what he was talking about. Let's prepare now for the future. And with that, I'm going to read one more verse. I think we all know it. It's John 3.16. That's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. At this time, I'd like to make an altar call for three specific things. That's the first time ever accepting Christ. If you've never accepted Christ, come on down. 
Second one, if anybody's wanting baptized or wants to join the church, come on down. And the third one, I know I've got to do it. That's repenting. If you feel like you need to repent, please come on down.